Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I love a rainy day. I love a thunderstorm. I love I love all of that. That's what I want. I we've had so much rain the last 3 days, which isn't good because I'm running. You <laughs> guys, are? Bef- no don't way. guys, relax. Everybody relax, okay. calm down. Calm down everybody. Just relax because I'm I think I hate running. But I'm doing it. I'm doing this couch to 5K nonsense. Have you heard about this? No. Okay, it's actually pretty great. Um, so it's an app, and essentially what you do is you – the first you have – it's three workouts for eight weeks, and you go from sitting on the couch to running a 5K. And the first week is like run for 60 seconds, walk for 90 seconds, and it goes like that for 30 minutes or like 20 minutes and then you walk five minutes on either side and so right now I'm on week four so you slowly increase your um your endurance so right now I'm at run three minutes walk a minute and a half or walk five minutes to warm up run three minutes walk a minute and a half run five minutes walk two and a half minutes and it's great because I don't I have a really hard time running five minutes straight. That's really challenging for me. I think that's normal. It's really hard. I've flirted with running my whole life. Um at the peak You just haven't put you haven't put a you haven't put a ring on it. You're at not... the peak of my relationship with running, I wore a lot of neon and did the women's half marathon in Central Park. Wait, Quinn, that's really impressive. That's thirteen miles. But can Quinn, I, I know be clear what a half that... marathon is? Well, <laughs> So let me be clear. What is three miles? I didn't take it serious in the way where like I had a friend that did take it serious and she was like, we're doing this. And I was like, cool. Okay. Like, sure. Um, I woke up that morning, ate a bagel, like had a cup of coffee. She was like, you're going to shit your pants. That would be the best end of that story. It was and I shit like my pants. I definitely I had trained on a level where the longest I'd run was seven or eight miles before doing it. So I I never fully like I think you're supposed to have tried it before or maybe have gotten close. Or like ten miles but or like, like eleven miles. Honestly, I would just I eight felt good. Like eight felt good, and I would be like, I'm stopping because I'm bored because I've been running for so long. I'm bored. And then when I did 13, I was like, I got to eight and I was like, yep, I know what I'm doing. I can definitely do this. I got to nine. I was like, it's the same as eight. I got to 10, same as nine. And it was in the like 11 to 13 range where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. My body parts (laughs) were like slowly breaking off me till I was just like a skeleton running. And then I got home from the marathon, was locked, got locked in an airlock where the front door to my building got stuck shut, but the airlock door got stuck shut. So I was stuck in an airlock in an all neon outfit. And I had just started like seeing Matt casually at that time. And he was upstairs. So he came downstairs to like help break me in. And we got in. And I remember that like, even though I like to think of myself as like a very strong woman I definitely had this vibe of like this guy is the kind of guy that's gonna think I'm really cool that I ran this marathon like he's gonna really like that about me this is gonna win me tons of points and I wanted him to be my boyfriend but he was like I'm not gonna be your boyfriend I'm gonna move back to LA so I was like 
look at Taylor's me in my neon and I ran my marathon. And he definitely chose that day after I ran this marathon to be like, oh, I'm definitely not your boyfriend. I'm definitely moving back to L.A. <laughs> like had that talk with me after the marathon. <laughs> and I just started crying. And he but he's so dumb. He was like, why are you crying? And I was like, oh, my body just really hurts from that marathon. <laughs> Because I was like, my and feelings now, are not hurt. I don't care. My feelings are, I don't care about don't you like care. that. It's yeah. just the half marathon. That It's just the 13.1 miles that I just ran, bro. My broken, broken body. My broken body. And you're a little broken heart. Yeah. What's funny about that is Matt tried to, what a jokester, that guy. Because, again, Taylor's oldest song. Tuna's oldest Tuna's song. Tuna's oldest whatever. history. It's... I said it once. I'll say it before. You know, you and Matt are now married and have a baby and one on the way. So joke's on him. Yeah. Who fucking won that? <laughs> you did not win the half marathon, but you won relationship with Matt. So I think that's like a good consolation prize. Are you telling me that if I run half a marathon, I will eventually, I will date someone. Like if I focus on running, I will find a boyfriend and then I will eventually run 13.1 miles and have a weird conversation where he'll sort of break up with me and then we'll end up getting married and have kids yeah that's why i told this story i wanted you to know this is what is in your future if you keep running so i don't know if you want to keep running it's, it's gonna be a hard I'm road trying to, it's a it is a hard road hard roads on my knees i why not yoga to, why not just yoga oh i've been doing yoga but i think what i like about running right now in the time of quarantine is it forces me to get outside yeah, and it probably and burns I up have... some of your, like, anxiety, too. Absolutely. I'm finding – and also, I feel like I'm doing this feat that I I have to reframe my thought process of, like, I don't like this. I hate running. When is this going to be over? And I need to start being, like, I'm outside. I'm not wearing a mask because I'm not in New York and I'm in, like, a very spread out area of the world so I can run without a mask and I'm outside and um, my body is moving me two and a half miles in 30 minutes. That's great. That's great. I've been walking about that amount in an hour. <laughs> I've, there's I've a been track near here. My dad too. There's like a little mini track near here. I think it's 0.7 miles is the length of the track. And I walk over to the track and I walk around it and it's beautiful it's like community gardens so it's nice because um everything's in bloom love a view but it's filled with mongoose or mongooses however you say do you know like ricky ticky taffy birds what's ricky ticky taffy you don't know ricky ticky taffy that i don't know the fight with the cobra he's a mongoose he's a children's story mongoose i know i think he has red eyes and does this and like bounces back and forth to scare a cobra. Wait, can I ask? Is Ricky Tiki Tavi like Ricky Tiki Tumbo? When I see no Sarumbo, Cherry Barry Ruchi, Pip Perry Pembo. No, that's a story about two boys and one of them falls in a well. That's oh. not at all the same thing. But it is a terrifying children's tale, which so I guess it is in the same genre as Ricky Ticky Tavi, which is a children's tale about a little boy with a pet mongoose. The parents are like, this mongoose creeps us out until a snake tries to kill the little boy and the mongoose battles the snake. And then they're like, now I read... we love you, Ricky Ticky Tabby. Welcome to our home. <laughs> there are so many dork-sided kids' books. I can't even keep them straight. There was Grim one where, like, tales? a little boy. The, I'm not even talking grim fairy tales. I'm talking newbie ones. Like, there was one I just read where the son or, like, child of a family wished he, like, saw, like, he had a magic thing and it said, oh, I want, I'll be something I look at. I don't know how he did it, but this Dumbo guy, little boy turned into a rock. And he was like a rock for 30 years. And his parents <gasps> were picnicking. I remember that story. Yes. And they were picnicking and they would visit the rock. And then finally, like, the, the feather landed on the rock. And he's like, I want to be a boy again. And he turned back into his body. But I was like, this is a terrible. He lost his whole life to being a rock. He lost his whole life and he was just a rock. It's really dark. It's funny. You know, I've been mm -hmm. so bummed out that the library's been closed. 
And I really wish they would get it together where they would just have you like check out books online and go pick it up or something. It seems Mm -hmm. like they can safely find a way to work the library, but respect that I also think since they work for the state, they're getting paid anyway. So no one's in a big rush to be like, the library's open. But Cohen, I used to go to the library fucking daily. And yeah, you did. I let him just pick books off the shelf and we'd take them home. Because uh, whatever. Um, they're free, you guys. It's free. So well, anyway. If you return them on time, they're free, Quinn. I'm, I always return them on time. Um, if you, dear oh, readers, if I you do saw Quinn's face, I've limit. never seen her more serious in my entire life. I do return them on time. Okay, well, we Do you want to know the limit on how many books you can check out from the Brooklyn Public Library? For sure. 50. Why do I know what? that? Because we always have 50 out. Always. And we had to open a second library card because of how many children's books. It's all children's <laughs> books. <laughs> we fill his stroller and go home. It's insane. Um, Wait, I have to show you. What's here? Right here. Oh, your Brooklyn Public Library card with Max and the Wild Things, which is what Koa and me were for Halloween last year. Anyway, cute, cute. Um, Co grabbed a book, and whatever it said on the front, like warning, mischief. Okay, can't wait. <laughs> so I go to read him the book, and it's a book about a turkey and some other animal, like a, a dog. And the, tr- the turkey tricks, the whole book is about how the turkey tricks the dog into eating shit. Eating shit. Like, <laughs> the whole book is about that. And I was like, what in the world? This is Wait, so out of line. This is so Are you an artist? Crazy. Should we write our own really, truly, darkly, creepily kids book and see how far it gets uh, in publisher land? Like, how did this get published? <laughs> this is crazy that you would have, like, in the kids section, that you would have t- toddlers reading about this who are already pretty curious <laughs> about what shit might taste like. And then it's like, <laughs> what a fun idea. He, call, he tells, like, the turkey that they're smart pills or something. And they're, it's, it's his own shit. And he's like, these are smart pills. You should take them. And then like, it's up. Can you imagine? <laughs> I was blown away. I mean, I'm, that <sighs> is, but it was very, to so... whom should I complain? You know, I was like, this is, it's a free book. <laughs> <laughs> Got it for free. So, and you know what? I returned it that day because I was like, so you're never saying this again. I just want to recap. You're saying from running. I can <laughs> meet someone. They'll break up. We'll stay together. I'll have kids. I'll go to the Brooklyn Library and I'll read a book about eating shit. Yes. And they'll sign me up, folks. I'm going to keep running. You know what? You're a runner. <laughs> Guess what, guys? I'm a runner. It Any is questions? crazy. I shouldn't blind check out books anymore because the, the couple times I've done it, the other time it ended up being a book called Grandpa Looked Adorable. <laughs> and then it was not only a book about dealing with death. But it was so out of Koa's league. Like, he's two. And it was like, none of us knew what to say. So we all just cried. We felt really empty inside. We knew we would never. It was like, it got so dark. And I was like, oh, my God. We're not reading this. And Koa's like, I want to read it. And I was like, we're not reading this. And I think we both he's like started eating crying. His, he's eating his paws. He's eating his mac and cheese being like, yeah, this is dope. Hi. <laughs> <sighs> That's dark-sided, Quinn. That's dork-sided. So dork. Speaking of dork, I have a story for you. <gasps> I can't wait. I'm so blessed. Are you hashtag? And I'm going to tell you, I don't actually, I can't honestly tell you if it's darker or lighter than eating your own shit. I really don't know. <laughs> now I'm really interested. Because I don't know. So I, I found this story because, mm, I'll tell you later. So, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> because I feel like it'll spoil it and I can't okay. be doing that nonsense. No. Even though I do it every time. Okay. So there's this woman, Elizabeth Ann is her name, and she's born 1947 in East Chester, New York, which by the way, we all know Westchester, but do you know East Chester? Uh, I know that there's a stop on the Metro North called East Chester dire or something <laughs> it sounds familiar okay 
Well, I just always knew about like Westchester, but I never knew about Eastchester. By the way, am I echoing? I can't tell. I think we fine. Find out soon enough. (laughs) Um, Okay, so that's a suburb of New York City. So Elizabeth Ann, if the name suggests, probably not. Elizabeth is more of an English name. But she grew up, um, she was the third of six kids, devout Roman Catholic parents. You know, they like the rules. They like the structures. It's 1947. And I don't know if you're familiar with, like, the 50s version of Americana post-World War II. They really liked women to just kind of, like, get pregnant, have kids, like, do the whole damn thing of, like, you know, getting a man to support them, right? Her parents are Irish and Italian, which apparently, did you know that, like, Irish and Italians get together? Fire, apparently, combination. I don't know. Um, Hmm. So her parents were really strict. And Betty is her name, Elizabeth Betty, they call her, 40s, 50s, you get it. She later recalls that she was trained to be a housewife, right? Like, the rules were go to Catholic school, be careful, which means don't fuck anyone until you find a Catholic man, and then you will support him, and you will be then be blessed with grandchildren, right? It's like you bless, you give him kids, and then you have grandchildren. And that's apparently where you can, you know, feed on the fruits of your labor. And I'm not condoning eating kids i'm saying like you can you're lucky and have grandchildren but that was the end Catch my game. drift have grandchildren. but that was the end game have grandchildren so she went to east chester high school um and she graduated from college of mount saint vincent in the bronx with a degree in early childhood education and a minor in english um which to me feels very much like probably the education that women could get at the time um And it was like peak American dream Americana, right? Like apple pie, women don't work. Um, So in (laughs) apple pie, women don't work. (laughs) Got it. Sounds like a dream. Happy 4th, everyone. Uh, Happy 4th, everyone. Um, Don't get eaten by a shark. Previous episode. Okay. So it's 1965. Betty meets this guy, Dan Broderick. Okay at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. And he is from Pittsburgh. And guess what? He's a nice Catholic boy. He's the oldest of his Catholic um, family. He has Irish parents, but it's like same vibe. Marry, have kids, do the right thing. Done? We get it. Okay. So they get married at, honestly, I was raised Catholic, but this is truly my favorite, favorite, favorite name of a church ever. I love when a church is named this. But they got married at the Immaculate Conception Church And the city in which they got married in is also one of my favorites because I love RuPaul's Drag Race, which is they got married in Tuckahoe. Tuckahoe. Now, that's a stop I know from the Metro North. I can picture them saying Tuckahoe. Is there a Tuckahoe in New York? Indeed. Okay, because I think in RuPaul's Drag Race, they call like they call it Tuckahoe because it's like tucking drag a hoe. It's a thing. Oh, got it. Okay. So good. So they got married at... It's great. They got married at Immaculate Conception Church in Tuckahoe, which I like Immaculate Conception because it's basically like <laughs> you got pregnant. It's kind of like sexy. I don't, I don't think it actually is sexy, but they talk about sex. And I feel like whenever the Catholic Church talks about sex, I have like a little giggle to myself. So <laughs> they went on their honeymoon and boom, in typical Quinn Posner fashion, guess what? She comes back pregnant. That's what happens. She gets pregnant on her That's honeymoon. That's my fashion. I always be coming back pregnant from things. You're like, Quinn went to the you store. Do. She came back pregnant. <laughs> Boom. She Quinn pregnant. went on vacation. <laughs> she came back totally pregnant. <laughs> Every time. Quinn's Boom. been... Quinn's been, been all of two places in the last three years. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but didn't you get pregnant on your honeymoon? No, I got pregnant the week like I thought the you week did. after I got married. I got pregnant. Oh, was that not your honeymoon? No. Okay, I don't know. I don't know your life. Okay, so stop accusing me of such nonsense. So she went we had on a her baby honeymoon. moon, not a honeymoon. Dope in Spain. Yeah, and I was already five months pregnant. That's dope. Okay, so they went on their honeymoon. Betty came back pregnant. Done. Everything going to plan. So she gives birth to her daughter, Kim, in 1970. Later, she was like, listen, Dan was the decision maker, and I was just happy to have kids and be the homemaker, to which I call bullshit. Kind of bull. Yeah. Dan got his medical degree from Cornell University, and then he wanted to use his MD and get his JD, which is the Juris Doctor degree. 
I had to look this up, but he uh, it was basically a doctor of law degree. So he enrolled into Harvard Law School. So she had they had their first kid in 1970. They had another kid, Lee, in 71, Daniel in 76, Rhett in 79. And they did have one child that is unnamed, which tragically died two days after birth. Very mm. sad moment. But while Dan was in school, Betty was supporting him. So they were kind of going against the grain on this, right? So she was the main provider and supporter of the family. So she, which was obviously not common at the time, she um, was an Avon lady. She sold Avon products and she did Tupperware. So, you know, love an MLM. After his degree, he was hired by a firm in San Diego. And so the whole family moved out to San Diego where his new job was. And he was making very buku, buku money, right? He had mm-hmm. two degrees. He was doing well. So in the fall of 1982, at his firm, he hired himself a legal assistant. Oh, who's his legal assistant? Good question. His legal assistant is 21-year-old Linda Kolkena, who was a Delta Airlines stewardess, and now it's his law assistant. Oh, no. Oh, no. Do Mm -hmm. not let your husband hire a 21-year-old stewardess to help him with anything. Ladies, uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> we said it once. We'll say it before. I mean, listen, I'm not going to slut shame a 21-year-old Delta Airlines student. It's not my vibe. But, like, where there's smoke, there's fire. So October 1983, Betty is convinced that they're having an affair. Like, absolutely fucking convinced. So she's like, Dan, husband, are you having an affair? And he's like, absolutely not, Betty. Not only that, you're crazy. Betty there's wife. There's no way I'm having an affair. Betty wife. No, never do that to you, Betty wife. I would never do that to you, Betty wife. Obviously, I'm pretty sure he was fucking around because I'm about to tell you he was fucking around. So she was like insider information. Spoiler alert. So apparently, like, it just got really, really gnarly where, like, he denied it. She was called crazy. He was having an affair the whole fucking time. At one point, she, like, took his clothes and lit them on fire in his backyard she apparently tried to commit suicide at some point, like bad, bad stuff, but we'll get to that. So eventually Dan moves out in 1985. Betty doesn't want it to end, but it does. And I think it's because the suspicion, the fact that he was having an affair, all of which together, marriage over. After this, he had filed for divorce. He had a petition for divorce. Now, eventually, and again, this is in the 80s. This is 85. So I do think, and it's still pretty common, where the women will generally get custody of their kids, right? Well, she have, she kept dropping their kids off at his house one by one until he just got full custody of their kids. Whoa. She would just randomly drop off the kids at his house. He does eventually confess to having an affair with Linda. And the uh, divorce is incredibly hostile, as any of the previous information has indicated. (laughs) It's bad news. It actually becomes a landmark divorce case, Broderick versus Broderick. And it's really, it's one of the first cases where the woman had supported the husband through their education. Mm. So it becomes a landmark in the sense that they kind of didn't know how to allocate the funds or what she was worth because she put him through all this schooling. And then when he got to um, this huge job with a lot of money, it's like, how do you divide the assets? Where is everybody's value, right? The divorce was finally finalized four years after Dan filed the initial petition. So it was a four-year-long divorce battle, which is insane. From the divorce proceedings, um, she was getting $16,000 a month in alimony. Um, She lived in a $650,000 La Jolla Beach front property that Dan had bought her, and she had two cars. She had a boyfriend apparently living with her, and then two of her younger sons had lived with her. So it was just like a contentious divorce, but it sounds like she did fairly well. Although not, she probably still wanted to be married to Dan, so I guess not super duper well. But after the divorce was settled, her behavior became increasingly violent and irrational. So she would leave hundreds of voicemail messages on Dan's voice message, right? Like hundreds. And what happened was is she had Linda, his 
now new wife, him and Linda moved in together and they were going to get married. So it was his fiance, but Linda was living with Dan. When Betty heard her voice on the voicemail on the answering machine, she wrote, what did she say? She was like, you're making me really mad. I'm going to kill you. Oh, my God. And she, at one point, her seven-year-old son, Rhett, he was seven years old, he apparently called. And in the video, it's really, it's difficult to understand what he's saying. But I think he goes, did you make Linda sleep with you? <gasps> like, and and so I think the son claims that his mom dared him to call and say that. Later on, she's denied that she was even there, but it was just him of his own accord. I don't totally buy that. She vandalized his property. She had many restraining orders and ignored them to stay off of Dan and Linda's property. She even drove her car into the front door while her children were inside. What do you mean to the front door? She took her car, beep, beep, and drove it into the front door of the house, knowing her children were inside that house. house? Crashed into the house. Oh, fully. Like, tried to drive a car through a front door into a Mm -hmm. living room. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she was pretty PO'd, to say the least. Kind of, yeah, kind of going crazy. Let's just say it. So in March of 1989, for some reason, she got a gun. (laughs) Who gave this woman a gun? <laughs> Carrie, was it you? It was me. I was like, listen, I know the gun show loopholes. You have a restraining order. I got a great idea. Let's give this woman a gun because that's what I believe. In April tw- April 22nd, 1989, Linda and Dan got married. Now, because Betty's behavior was so cuckoo bananas, Linda was pretty freaked out. And she actually wanted Dan to wear a bulletproof vest to their wedding. Oh, I bet it made I him look built. Don't... And that was why. She was, she was like, like also wear these wear this Spider-Man costume underneath your suit. So if anything happens, you can have that moment of ripping it makes them off. Your arms look great. Our pictures are gonna be sick. Could you imagine? Sick nasty. Also put um, this banana down your pants. We'll talk about why later. <laughs> Well, and, and all of that with the banana down the pants and the Spider-Man and the bulletproof vest, nothing happened. Betty didn't show up. Betty and was he a no-show. Was just I, hot. <laughs> he was just hot. But the problem is, is, you know, Betty was still a little cuckoo bananas. You know, she might not have showed up to that wedding, but <laughs> Doesn't mean you're she was safe. coming for him. Doesn't mean you're safe. Also, I want to be very clear in case I wasn't. Betty did not get an invitation to the wedding. I think that's important to know. I don't think she got like a plus one. Her and her boyfriend went out like, hey, come on over. It'll be great. So the two got married, Linda and Dan. And then Betty claims that Linda had sent her facial creams, like anti-wrinkle facial creams and slimming treatment ads by mail. I don't know. I don't know the proof of that. I'm going to call that bullshit. I don't think Linda, who is, like, scared of this woman, is taunting her with facial cream. And Linda is <laughs> Linda is younger, right? Like, Linda is a young woman. I, I'd be scared of Betty. She crashed her car into my house. I'm not going to be like, hey, here's some also, retinoid cream. Also, you 100% stole her husband. You don't need to taunt her with facial cream. You, you don't need done to enough. add that so to that's, the mix. I'm like, Betty, did she? Did she, Betty? Seven months later, November 5th, 1989, two days before Betty turned 42, for our astrology fans out there, she's a Scorpio. Need I say more? Betty had taken her key to Dan and Linda's house. I want to be very clear. They never gave her a key. She stole the key from her second oldest daughter, Lee. So she had the key and she entered the house early in the morning while Dan and Linda slept. At 5.30 in the morning... And she dipped Betty... their hands in hot water <laughs> and made them wet the bed. Is that what That's happened? It. And that is the end of our story. If it was, I would actually love you for telling this story. If that was what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I the ultimate do revenge. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. Okay, we have to get serious. After she put their hand in hot water... At 5.30 in the morning, Betty shot her Smith & Wesson revolver five times, killing Dan and Linda. 
Two bullets hit Linda in the head and chest, killed her instantly. One bullet hit Dan in the chest as he apparently was reaching for a phone. One bullet hit the wall, and then one bullet hit a nightstand. Dan was 44. He was 17 days shy of 45th birthday, and Linda was 28. Oof. Mm-hmm. So later that day, she called Lee, her daughter Lee, and Lee's boyfriend, and she said she killed them, and she turned herself into the police that night. Now, obviously, once trials get involved, it gets a little nasty. It gets a little, it gets a little unclear. But there are, there is evidence that she removed the phone or answering machine in their bedroom so that he couldn't call for help. And there's also evidence that Dan did not die right away. So Linda died instantly. Dan did not. Apparently, Betty said later that he spoke to her after she shot him in the chest and he said okay you shot me i'm dead whoa so the real question is is was this premeditated murder right sure seems like when she got the gun that was probably the big idea with the gun right probably you'd think so she claims she never intended to pull the trigger that it was not premeditated. She claims that Linda said, call the police, and it startled her, and she fired her gun. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I only laugh because, I'm sorry, she said, call the police, because you were standing in her fucking room with the with fucking gun. gun. Of course she said, call the fucking police. <laughs> Ugh. At trial, Betty claimed she was a battered wife. She claimed that she was driven over the edge by years of psychological, physical, and mental abuse. You should watch the videos. I don't know if I believe her. I do believe, like, listen, he probably put her through hell and back because he was like, I'm not having an affair. And that was that was not cool behavior. But she said that he called her old, fat, and ugly, and stupid. And so she spent all this time trying to look younger and even said, you know, I got, I was trying to remove wrinkles that didn't even exist. And then she goes, and and my tooth on the bottom, it was like one millimeter part, so I had to get that fixed. And then she showed where I mentioned she had a suicide attempt. And she talked about how at 37, she slit her wrist and took every pill. But when she tried to show someone, they couldn't see it. And then the prosecutor was like, okay, show the jury. So she like went up to the jury and like showed them. I don't know. I have not seen the scars, but there was, she's quoted as saying, Jesus Christ, I'm turning 42 years old and I've been put through this bullshit through years. She was left destitute with no custody of her children. He took her kids away. And again, that's to- a little bit unclear because she was getting she was the $16,000. She, she was, was dropping, dropping them, them off. At, she was driving through the house. She's <laughs> lucky she had any custody custodial right yeah yeah her two younger sons were living with her at the time so she had a handgun in her purse she's like i don't remember what happened i just heard five pops and i i woke i came to you know she's like that's not what happened. betty i don't think that's what's happening um the prosecution claims she was histrionic and or she has histrionic and narcissistic personality disorders that doesn't make that doesn't plead insanity. It's just she likes attention and she likes, you know, this being a is... shitty person is not a very powerful defense, in my opinion. <laughs> no. And that wasn't a defense. The prosecutor said that, mm. that she had narcissistic personality disorder. That's like she's capable of this. Like you shouldn't be- basically discrediting her mm. that you shouldn't believe that these claims of being mentally and physically abused actually have any sort of weight to them so this was the first trial the first trial ended in a hung jury there were two juries that held out for manslaughter citing lack of intent i'd love to know what's going on through their minds they declared that trial a mistrial and then the second trial she was retried by the same exact lawyers and it basically was a repeat of the first when i watched a video about it it was like this trial is standing room only (laughs) Wow. So, so it was a pretty fucking big deal. There was a line of old biddies just like like there was women just like waiting to like see what happened. Like people were like, here's a ticket. 
let's go see what's happening. So the second trial, the prosecutor was successful in that the jury returned with the verdict of two counts of second-degree murder, which resulted in two terms of 15 to life, one for each death from each murder, and um, plus two years for illegal use of firearms, which is the maximum under the law, which I think that's interesting. An illegal use of firearms is killing someone. So like you you get charged for the death and then you get charged to just two extra years for because that was illegal use of the firearm. I just thought that was an interesting. Huh. That's an interesting thing, right? Yeah. So she is currently serving her sentence at the California Institution for Women in Chino, California. So January 2010 was her first parole request, but it was denied because she didn't show any remorse or acknowledge any wrongdoing. Then in November 21st and again in um, January 2017, she applied for parole both of those times, again, denied. The next she is eligible to request parole again is January 2032. Now, she had lots of press. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of shows. There's like a Discovery ID show. There was a movie in 1992 about this. And she also did a lot of press. She, both before and after her trials, her story was dramatized and she granted numerous interviews, numerous magazine interviews. She appeared on the Oprah Winfrey show twice. She was on Hard Copy 2020, Headliners and Legends. And if you like this story... You can catch Dirty John Season 2, The Betty Broderick Story. Oh, really interesting. Did not know they were going to Dirty John Season 2. Because... With a different tale. Yeah. Like a different... But they're calling it that? It's called Dirty John Season 2, The Betty Broderick Story. Podcast or TV? TV. Got it. And that is a story of Betty Broderick. And her interviews are so interesting because she's kind of, yeah, she really isn't that remorseful. I don't think. I guess I'm not surprised. She doesn't strike me as somebody that would have been. By the way, do you know the definition of alligator tears? Yeah. What is the definition of alligator tears? It's like big fake crying for sure. So she was doing some a lot of alligator tears. Yeah. She wanted to make sure. I knew what that was. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, Koa does alligator tears when he doesn't get to have TV. I had a uh, kid I babysat who had, who I could tell when he was putting it on, but he had the biggest droplets of tears I've ever seen in my life. Alligator tears. I'm going to get more comfortable. Hang on. Okay. Okay, I'm back. I, and we're back. I chose new butt pillows. We just Ooh, that'll sh- make a diff. Shuffled about a bit. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Carrie, thanks for that terrific tale. Oh, Quinlan Posner, it's my GD pleasure. I'm going to tell you a tale. You are? I thought we were done. No. <laughs> Believe it or not, I have a tale to chill you to the bone it's i just got the goose bumpies (laughs) (laughs) so uh my information comes from ghostsandgravestones.com atlas obscura robertthedoll.org stranger dimensions (laughs) keywest.robert.blogspot and phenomenal place It sounds like all of these are very reputable sources. Yeah, that's why you know the story I'm about to tell is 100% (laughs) the truth. We'll go back to the early 1900s to a home in Key West, Florida. It's now known as the Artist's House, um, but it's just a cool mansion that was built between 1890 and 1898. We don't really know when. There's a young boy named Eugene Robert Otto that lives there with his parents and a servant that was very close to him gives him a gift of a doll in a sailor costume. And the little boy who goes by Gene, Eugene, uh, remember his middle name's Robert and he names the doll after him. So he, he calls the doll Robert after himself and they're like best friends from the beginning. 
Robert is a one-of-a-kind, handmade by the Steef Company of Germany doll. And he's big. He's 40 inches tall. Um, he has painted features. He's stuffed with wood wool that was known as Excelsior. And because he's so sort of large and lifelike, they there's a theory that he was actually built in the image of Jean. Like that you would provide oh. a drawing or something and they would build the doll to look like the kid you're giving it to. It's like, this is OG Etsy. Yeah. It's American Girl before it's time. Hold on. Wait one moment. I, you can barely hear it, but I think my parents are watching TV. Nailing it. <laughs> Carrie's parents. <laughs> they're not. I think they're fine. You can't really hear it. It's, I have to really struggle to listen. Sorry. So things, things quickly get spooktastic when... Jean wakes up to find Robert the doll sitting at the end of his bed, staring at him a lot of the time, not where he put him. One night, the mom wakes up and hears Jean scream for help, and she hears a huge kerfuffle, bluffle, like just furniture getting overturned and chaos. She runs to Jean's room and tries the door. It's locked, which it wouldn't have been. She's like... can hear her son on the other side crying begging for her help so she goes super mom and like busts the fucking door in and gene is just like curled up on his bed crying his room is a total fucking disaster everything's overturned toys everywhere and robert the doll is just sitting at the foot of the bed and gene looks over at her and just says robert did it (laughs) so after this Talk point, about mischief warning. We didn't need it for the poop story. We did for this one. Oh, I should have said mischief warning. So after that point, like whenever anything weird happened in the house, destructive or otherwise, and they would ask Gene about it, he would say Robert did it, which like he's not the first kid to come up with that fucking <laughs> trick and he's definitely not the last. So to be clear, I don't think his parents were, like, sold on Robert the Doll as causing problems necessarily, but they started to sort of second guess their closed-mindedness when they would hear giggling coming from the house when Jean was not where the giggling was. And they're like, what is that? And then Jean always referred to Robert, like, spoke to him like he was real. They would hear their son, Jean, talking to Robert, but they'd hear Robert answer back and they'd hear it in a different voice. So they could hear them having conversations in other rooms. And it did sound like two people having a conversation. And is this this is this the beginning of Jean's voiceover career? Indeed. Okay. (laughs) He does voices. (laughs) They also felt like they could sometimes see an expression change on Robert's face. So maybe they were imagining it. But then a few folks tell them that when they're walking by the house, they can see the doll moving from window to window, looking out the windows at people, but switching windows. Um, So Gene doesn't care. He isn't creeped at all. He loves Robert. He gives Robert his own toy, a stuffed dog with big, crazy eyes. And he still continues to talk about him as though they're really friends. And Robert continues to live with Jean actually throughout his life. So I'm sorry, Robert, throughout Jean's life or throughout Robert's life? uh, Throughout (laughs) Jean's life. I'm like, so what you're saying is like (laughs) through their life, like Robert had a toy, like a stuffed dog that Jean gave it to him. I was like, whose life are we referring to? Okay, throughout Gene's life, Robert lives with him the entire time. So Gene grows up, Gene moves out, Robert comes with him. He takes Robert wherever he goes. Um, And then his parents die. He inherits the mansion. He moves back in and gives Robert his old room, which is this turret room on the second floor. And he's like, this is for Robert the doll. He's going to be in this room. By this time, Gene is married. He's been working as an artist, and he would spend his days in the mansion painting, and he would have Robert hang out with him while he painted. Wow. But listen, it wasn't all doll romances and roses because someone was coming between them, 
and that someone was Anne, Jean's wife. Anne was, as you can imagine, not a Robert fan. She was like... I can't imagine. I can imagine if I were to go over to someone's house and he's like, hey, like, let's get weird. And he's like, this is Robert. Yeah. My red doll. flag. Red flag. I would go fucking red flag so hard. Anne felt uneasy with Robert in the house, even though she couldn't put her finger on it, which I can put my finger on it, Anne. It's a fucking life-size sailor doll <laughs> that your husband's in love with. That's being treated like a person. So that's the issue. Anyway, she's basically like, I don't think Robert should be down here. I think he should be up in the attic. And Jean actually conceded, but Robert the doll obviously did not love his new situation. <laughs> um, so visitors to the home and Jean and Anne would hear footsteps in the attic and the sound of somebody pacing back and forth and they could hear giggling. And again, neighborhood children start saying that they can see the doll looking through the windows of the upstairs bedrooms. So not the attic, the upstairs bedrooms. And they say, we can see your doll looking out the window at us, mocking us as we walk to school. I do not know what that would have looked like. Like, I'm trying to picture Robert the doll mocking (laughs) these kids. And it's like hysterical. It sort of makes me like Robert, if I'm honest. So you're in Team Robert. I got. I'm feeling like Anne is the person I'm kind of connecting with in this moment. Well, she's about to die, so give it up. What? Um, no. Not untimely or anything. Not creepy. But when Gene hears the kids saying that, he goes up because he's like, I locked that doll in the attic. There's no way he's sitting in the window of an upstairs bedroom. But then he'd go in and Robert would be fucking sitting on a rocking chair by the window, not where he put him in the attic. No. Yeah. So Jean kept putting him back in the attic and kept Robert kept going and sitting by the window again. That was like this a doll's fight. got legs. <laughs> so <laughs> there was like a rumor that I read that Anne died of insanity after locking Robert in the attic, sort of trying to ascribe like bad luck yeah. to her for doing that but i actually think she and jean died normal deaths in the 70s 1970s jean actually died in 1974 for sure and the house was sold when he died so she mm-hmm. was either dead by that point or had gotten over him and his doll and left mm-hmm. but i read this one account that there was a new family that moved into this house and that their 10 year old daughter found robert in the attic and that she started playing with him and then was upset saying he was alive and that he wanted to hurt her and that she'd wake up in the middle of the night screaming. Now, I read that, but then I also read something that completely contradicts it, which seems to be the more popular uh, theory, which is, and I don't even think it's a theory. I actually think that real estate probably proved this to be true, that a Myrtle Rooter purchased the auto home in 1974 when Jean died and she became Robert's friend which is to say she lived there with Robert Myrtle and her visitors also said they could see Robert's facial expression change especially if they were talking about Jean and like they like swore what like he was like mm, my buddy Robert was like Gene like you missed yeah, him or was I think it so. bad? No, oh, I, I think hope so. it was positive. I, okay, good. I think so. They also swore that he had the ability to move between rooms without help. So there's basically 20 years of chaos, 20 years of creepy, and Myrtle's finally like Robert, it's it's time to say goodbye, and she <laughs> donates him to the Key West Fort East Martello Museum, and they put him in a glass box. And that's where he lives to this day, in a glass box in this museum in Key West. Wait a minute. He can travel between rooms, but he can't get out of a glass box. Robert. He doesn't have the key, Carrie. He does not have the key. If you tell me right now that this is the origin story for Toy Story, I'm going to (laughs) scream. And that is Woody. No, it's not. (laughs) Um, Actually... People have theorized that the origin of Robert's evil comes from the servant that gave the doll to Jean. She was supposedly mistreated by her bosses, and to punish them, they say she might have cursed the doll with voodoo or black magic. And there was a rumor that she actually crafted it herself with human blood and hair, and that she stuffed it with rags soaked in the liquid of the dead. 
I'm not buying that mostly because I think it was actually racist. Like, I think right. it was a racist mm-hmm. thing in origin. Right. I also think that if you soak rags in whatever liquid of the dead is and you stuff just it in something, fluid. no one's going to want to hang out with that doll because it's going to fucking reek. Well, if they used voodoo black magic, they probably have a way to work around it. I've seen Skeleton Keys starring Kate Hudson, so I know what I'm talking about. You know voodoo black magic. So Robert now lives at the museum, and the staff there say that they noticed a shift in energy when he came to live at the museum. He wasn't initially on display, but then word sort of spread about him being there, and they were getting a lot of visitors, so they put him out on exhibit. But once they did... People coming to the museum, their cameras and their electronic devices, their phones started malfunctioning in his presence. And many people report that if they go to take a picture of him, the camera won't work when they go to take it. And then it'll start working again later when they leave the museum, things like that. So it sort of became this thing where people would go to see Robert and a lot of sort of braggadocious teens would maybe talk smack or tease him or something, and then crazy shit would happen to them. So soon what ends up happening and happens to this day is that the museum receives a bunch of letters addressed to Robert that are often um, apologies because somebody's life got fucked up after mistreating him. Robert Now if you go to the museum, the people that work at the museum, if you go now, are warn you and say if you want to take Robert's picture you have to ask his permission and if you see his head tilt just slightly it means you have permission but if you don't you shouldn't take his picture. Do people say like what bad shit happened do you know? So I'm just gonna here's how I kind of wanted to end my story I just picked three letters to read. Oh I love thank you that's what I want. Okay I thought so. You did the Um, right thing Quinn you did the right fucking thing. Thank you. I wasn't sure at the time, and now I feel really good. Um, (laughs) So letter number one. Robert, I just wanted to let you know that I, unlike my friends, have total respect for you. When I questioned your powers last fall, I missed my flight from Miami and nearly missed an important court date. This week, when I related my tragic tale to my friends, they openly questioned whether you even existed, much less your powers of revenge. Well, the next day, one of them had a flat had a flat tire and the others were trapped in traffic on Interstate 90. Perhaps now they understand. I fervently hope they will cease their mockery. Maybe even some will venture to your wonderful home and pay you a friendly visit. In the meantime, let me just say that I appreciate your attenuation of Tropical Storm Fay and hope that the other denizens of Key West are appropriately grateful. Sincerely, Chris from Illinois. P.S. Please say hello to Elena for me, which might be a woman that works at the museum. I'm not sure. Um, Chris thinks that Robert hates to travel. Robert loves to fuck with travel plans. Okay. Um, I just really like how benign the things were that happened. And for the record, I live in Illinois. 90 is notoriously backed up, especially in the other cities. So, like, there's a lot of traffic there pretty consistently. And I'm sure flights get canceled. Nope. I shouldn't speak ill of Robert because he'll know. And I should be nice. Robert, it's me, Carrie. I'm cool with you. Be cool with me. Next letter. Dear Robert, you have probably received many letters like this from people like me, people who were sure there was no such thing as the Robert the doll curse. You see, it's easy to act tough and try to impress your friends by being disrespectful, and unfortunately, that is the camp I find myself in. My name is Dan Scholes. Back in 2009, we visited the East Martello Museum. The entire purpose of this visit was to come and meet you. We have walked by your old house multiple times over the years and have always wanted to visit you at the museum. Our visit was fun and informative, and seeing you was the best part. I am not sure what made me act like a jerk to you. I didn't ask for your permission to take your picture, and I openly mocked you. Like I said, I was just trying to be funny and impress the people I was visiting with. I in no way actually meant what I said, and I realize now I made a big mistake. Since that day in late 2009, we have had a run of bad luck. I have had multiple health issues, I had a near-death experience with anemia, and we have had family members and pets die, 
and bad luck with our finances that ended in us filing for bankruptcy and we still have financial difficulties. The purpose of this letter is to profoundly apologize and ask for your forgiveness. I have talked about this event on a popular travel podcast that I am the co-host of. A podcast is a radio show that people can hear on their computers. And I will always speak with high respect of you. Again, Robert, please accept my sincere apologies. And if you see fit to forgive and end the bad luck, I would appreciate it, as would my family, Dan Schultz. I need to listen to that, by the way. I haven't, but I need to find Dan Schultz's travel podcast. I love that he explains to Robert what a podcast is. I do, too. You can't assume Robert would know. No, because he's from the early, he's from the late 18, early 1900s, late 1800s. You know, like, he's an old guy. Oh, I love that a lot, though. That letter's really good. This is our last letter. Um, I want to know if, like, their luck changed. Did after Dan writing to Robert? Chris, yeah. That's, yeah, I have no way to follow up on that. Maybe we could get a Maybe hold of Maybe we should reach Dan out to Schultz Dan Schultz's podcast character. and go, did it change? Dear readers, if you know Dan Schultz, who has a travel podcast, reach out. Ask him. We'd love to find out how he's up to. And Email truly listen- darkly creakly. Yeah, <laughs> I want to listen to his episode, too. Um, okay. Dear Robert, I am very sorry for not asking your permission to take your picture while visiting the museum last week. Since I have taken your picture without permission, many strange things have happened to me. While driving back from the Keys, a deer ran out in front of our car. We had to swerve to avoid hitting it and ran off the road. We almost hit a tree. Two days later, we had a small kitchen fire. Also, we've been hearing childlike giggles from our basement. Last night, I was home all alone. I heard a voice coming from the basement. When I went to investigate, I tripped and fell down the bottom three stairs. I got up to run out, but the door was locked. My husband said that I probably turned the lock myself without even thinking about it and locked myself in the basement. But honestly, Robert, we both know the truth. Please accept my deepest apology for taking your picture without asking. Also, please accept my daughter's apology for sticking out her tongue at you and making fun of you. Sincerely, Rosie. Uh-oh. That one's pretty creeped. The bo- the, the the lock? Scary. What wow. do you think? Do you want to go to Key West and, and we meet can go Robert? to Key West. Let's go to Key West for sure. Let's go to Key West, but I'll, I'll ask permission. I'm not, listen, I don't know. No, I, I, I'm not I, trying to fuck with Robert. Are you I'm kidding me? I'm not trying me? to fuck with Robert. I'm really not. I'm really not. But If I, I'm I, honest I, with you, I have some concerns for myself currently because I took some pictures of pictures of him online mm. to post to our Instagram. And I was like, I don't know how to ask his permission, but I'm taking these pictures. And is it count? That he gave permit. Well, I feel like I'm actually curious because I do think that when you sign a release, when you actor things, you, you can use that image in perpetuity. I feel like when he gives consent to take a photo, I think that like I would, you know what I would do is I would go to the museum page. Okay, well, so one of the photos I want to show is was on this website, Phenomenal Place, and it was a kid with Robert, and the reason I want to show that photo is that there seems to be a ghost in it of a little boy. Like, they seem to have captured a ghost in the photo as well, and I'm interested in that, and it, maybe it's Jean, maybe you we, know? Maybe, maybe Jean was, like, visiting the, with Robert. Maybe we put it in the story so it's, like, 24 hours, because, like, I he... Robert can't have access to an Instagram account every If he doesn't day. know what a podcast is, I bet he doesn't know Instagram either. You don't think Robert has a smartphone in the glass case, do you? Well, I don't know. That doll's got legs, as I, I said before. I don't know before. his life. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know his life. We have to go to well, Key West. Or, or is it a life? You know, I mean, I don't I don't know his possession. I, I don't know if I would call it a life. <laughs> I don't know his life. I don't know his possession. I don't know his thing. I don't know his keeper. I think as Robert soon as the country opens back up, that's got to be our go. first stop, that museum <laughs> in Key West. I feel like with Robert, I'm sad for the doll. I really am. This poor doll is living or possessed or just in limbo for eternity. And the person he loved the most, Gene, he's out of town. I also think the lesson we can all take from this is dolls are not good gifts. Uh, especially mm. life-size dolls, dolls that look like the child you're giving them to, dolls in sailor costumes. All dolls, I'm going to say, are off the table for gifting. All dolls. Uh, there, I said it. All right. I won't give you a doll. I won't give – I won't get – fine. Okay. I won't give you a doll. I I really wanted, when I was a kid, a my-size Barbie 
Did you ever want that? No, I never wanted that. And I wanted it. And my mom was like, you're too big. Like, I was too tall. She's like, it's not your size. <laughs> that was like her. That was her excuse. Because she didn't want to buy ex- you that stupid toy. She didn't want to buy me a fucking life-size Barbie. <laughs> you know and this what? was before Barbies got, like, sort of normal proportions. You know, this is back in the 90s, folks, when, when proportions were <laughs> not safe. God, that my size Barbie, I fucking wanted it. You know what? You should get it for yourself now. You're an adult. Do whatever you want. Live your best life. No, I can't. I can't put money into Barbie right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. I want right to show now, you. Can I show you a just, picture of Robert? Absolutely. Uh, I, <laughs> I feel, I feel like question. Don't I, text it to me. I don't want it. I did. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I think you'll be surprised is why. I don't think oh. he looks like what you picture him looking like. I'm nervous. Oh, oh. Do you see him? He's so oh, weird, right? I'm Wait not making fun of you, Robert, for the record, but he has like no face, kind of. I mean, he's old. He's a million is years a, old now. Is that a foot on the bottom? I think so. Um, I just want to say. And that's the dog that he was gifted. And where's the ghost in this? That's not the ghost photo. You want me to show you the ghost photo? Fine. I mean, I'm in it. I'm in it now. If I die and weird shit starts happening, Quinn, Uh you're going to have to help me draft this letter to Robert. Be like, Robert, I was, without my consent, was shown a picture of you. Okay. Okay. What? What could that be? That is a reflection of another glass with a boy walking out with his mom. Right? No, I think you're wrong. I think it's a ghost. Oh, my God. This script of Robert the doll. I know. It's so creepy, right? <laughs> it's so good. We got to go to this museum. I want to know how the hell his expression changes. Do you know what I mean? Like, Because he kind of has no expression. I think it's easy to imagine no his expression changing because he sort of has his face is really worn down to kind of a nubbin. So it's like... <laughs> I could see where you could ascribe an expression to that face and then ascribe a completely different one. Be like, well, now he's pissed. I feel like it's one of those things when you go, like, by a picture and they keep looking at you. Oh, uh uh-huh. I think it's like that. Well, that's the story of the curse of Robert the Doll. May he, may we forever be in his good graces. Oh, may he haunt in peace. Yeah. My God. My God, my God, that is insane. Should we go about our business? I'm, I don't, how do you go about your business after, after knowing that Robert could come for you? What he's are you a, making so for far. lunch today? Carrie, I'm not making anything for lunch. So saltines and cream cheese again? Yeah. Okay, delish. Living the high I'm, life. You're living, truly it sounds like the high life. It sounds like you're stoned and you're like a broke college student. It's like, I got salties. Ramen. Maybe ramen. I've been eating a lot of ramen. Like cup of noodle ramen or like ramen ramen? uh, Like whatever my mom gets at the Costco ramen. I'm, my parents and I, this week we've kind of done like different countries. Like Monday night we had tacos. Wednesday night we had fish and chips. Tonight we're gonna. I'm making homemade soft pretzels, and we're doing bratwurst with beer cheese. Uh, you guys are fun. We didn't intend to be fun, but I was like, I want to make soft pretzels and beer cheese, and I'm and I go, let's make brats. It wasn't as fun, but now we're in it, so it's like we got to. Do you make guys sure wear we costumes to dinner at all? No, I don't know Do what our beer situation music? is. That's a good idea. No, that wouldn't be up our vibe. That That's easy enough our... to do. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, especially because they gotta watch this. Alexa. Oi. Thank God you didn't have a person in your story today named Alexa. You're not gonna be able to do that ever. From Chicago. <laughs> From Chicago. I feel like has my accent gotten worse on this podcast? Now I'm saying no. it like trying to be. I, listen, when I'm around family, it gets really bad. Are you gonna come <laughs> home ever? I can't wait to go back to New York. The question is, is when I get back to New York, what am I going back to? You know, you're going back very specific reasons. I get it. I understand it. I love it. I appreciate it. Obviously. But you're like, why would I go back? I'm going to go back 
I'm going to go back. I have a home there. I have people there. I have a community. I have a place. Like I love New York. Now more than ever, I'm just like, I love fucking New York. I want to be there. But I don't know when. But if this is going on until July, do I want to go back to New York and be by myself? Yeah. So I don't know yet. I'm kind of just seeing, waiting and seeing. Got you. Does that well, feel like a fair answer? A long-winded yeah. fair answer? No, that feels fair. Let's sign let's sign off of here. No. <laughs> hey dear readers, thanks for joining us. Dear readers, you always forget to go to Patreon because I you sometimes forget mention it at the beginning. And then by the end of the episode, all you're thinking about is what a great episode was that? Like I wish I could just hang mm-hmm. out with these guys and get to know them even more. Like you're just you're reeling. From the stories we've told. We know how you feel. We really do. So instead, I'm going to now remind you at the very end, and I'm going to say to you, this is just about to be over. Then you just need to go to trulydarklycreeply.com, click the love button, and show us some love, and you'll feel better. You know what I think we should be doing? We should be putting our link to our Patreon on our description so people can click onto it from the podcast. (laughs) Listen, we're not fancy like that, Carrie. And we're not beggars. Okay? No, this is just casually asking people for money. (laughs) Casually begging. I like a casual beg more than a strong beg. (laughs) Hey, dear readers, thanks for joining us. Donate to that Patreon. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane, and just don't talk shit about Robert the doll. Or me. Or me and Quinn, please don't do it. We are we're fragile. You think Robert is is fragile? Quinn we'll and come I. after you and everyone you love. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>